This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation and its upcoming annual convention January 7th through the 12th in Atlanta. Learn more at annualconvention.fb.org. Good Monday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. Congress is back in Washington this week for the start of what looks to be a busy December. As is typically the case on Capitol Hill, a handful of looming deadlines could spur a bevy of legislative action to avoid a government shutdown and the possible raising of the nation's debt ceiling. D.C. Ag lobbyist Michael Torrey says he expects avoiding a government shutdown to be at the top of the early agenda. We've got the December 3rd funding of keeping the government open, and Republicans have indicated that they didn't know if they were going to be supportive of that, so it may be something that has to pass with Democratic votes. But I think I think that's going to happen. I think they'll keep the government open in spite of what Republicans or Democrats say, because you can't close the government with everything else going on. He says outside of the funding question is a bigger issue facing Congress. The real issue is going to be the debt ceiling, and the debt ceiling is going to expire at some point in December. They're trying to find other measures to push it off to January or February, and that's where the rubber is going to hit the road, that the Democrats will probably be passing that. According to uh, Republican leader McConnell, probably with Democratic-only votes. Tucked into the government funding deadline is a whole host of other expirations, including for livestock market data critical to the meat industry. Chelsea Good with the Livestock Market Association says that livestock mandatory reporting law also needs attention this week. It would have been really nice to get you know one-year reauthorization of LMR. There were some attempts um, to do that prior to um, the end of the uh, fiscal year, and they ended up not being successful. So at this point, uh, we see LMR tied to that funding bill, and I think that that's probably going to happen another time, maybe even a couple more times before we find our long-term reauthorization. As for the House passed Build Back Better Reconciliation Package, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer reiterated today his plans to pass that bill before Christmas. Phil Brasher has a look at what's to come this week and throughout the month in his Washington Week Ahead on agripulse.com. Also online today, the nation's producers are facing a new dilemma every fall. Should they or should they not invest in cover crops? The growing trend is being sold as a boon to soil health efforts, and government incentives exist to encourage the use of everything from rye to radishes. But will the promises live up to the billing? AgriPulse's Noah Wicks takes a look in the first installment in our four-part series on the potential, the pitfalls, and the policy options for cover crops in his story on AgriPulse.com. Farm groups say those policy options being considered should avoid a prescriptive approach. AgriPulse's Hannah Pagel has more. As Capitol Hill shapes policy around climate change, farm groups are urging Congress to stay away from a restrictive approach. In this week's open mic, National Corn Growers Association CEO John Doggett says the information generated through the Soil Health Partnership is helping showcase the practices that work for farmers in reducing their carbon footprint. And it generated a lot of data across a lot of different farms, different types of farms, uh, different uh, geographic locations. So I think what it did is it pointed out yet again, uh, and this is something really important as we, we move into these policy discussions, and that is one size does not fit all. Doggett says it's not practical for Congress to focus on just one approach when shaping policy. I think there's been a, a lot of emphasis on uh, cover crops are going to solve a whole lot of problems. Well, I, I think that's way too simplistic, and it ignores geographic uh, differences, climate differences, and a lot of different things. The Soil Health Partnership was established in 2014 as a farmer-led research project to measure the impacts of implementing soil health practices on farm operations across the country. 
NCGA shut down the program earlier this year due to a lack of funding. You can hear more from Doggett and his thoughts on climate change, supply chain issues, fertilizer cost, and EPA's protocols when considering the environmental impact on endangered species in our open mic interview on agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Hannah Pegel. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation. Join thousands of farmers and ranchers from all across the country at the American Farm Bureau's annual convention in Atlanta, January 7th through the 12th. All are welcome. Register today at annualconvention.fb.org. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.